Welcome to Immigration Nerds. This podcast is for everyone seeking the details, context, and facts behind the banner headlines on immigration. It's the podcast that gives you the latest on immigration policy and politics and the real world impacts on the people and businesses that make our world turn. If you believe immigration makes us all better, then this is the podcast for you. Brought to you by the nerds at Erickson Immigration Group, guiding clients and their employees through the complex immigration system for over 20 years. Hello, immigration nerds. I'm Lauren Clark, senior attorney at Erickson Immigration Group. I am a fellow nerd, an immigrant, and host of this amazing podcast. Today, we are launching the first in an ongoing special series we're calling Food of Immigrants. On these episodes, we invite you to join us around the table to meet the immigrant chefs who celebrate their culture, share diverse cuisines, and nourish our communities. America's story is one of immigrants, and each one of us carries our own history. And dining tables serve as the perfect welcome for new friends, because food is a most beautiful expression of heritage and tradition. Nerds, today we have the privilege to introduce you to two brothers who have made cooking and hospitality their vocation to great success. Chef Mazia Faravere and his brother Shahab Faravere are the owners of the Peacock Cafe in the Georgetown neighborhood of Washington, D.C. For 25 years, these two brothers from Iran have successfully bridged cultures rich in history with menu items that honor tradition while infusing locally sourced ingredients. Nerds, I hope you're hungry because this is a perfect complement to our podcast journey together. As we explore the foods of immigrants, we go beyond law and policy. We dig deeper into taste and culture. We meet the culinary diplomats that strengthen the fabric of America. I joined Mazia and Shahab for this interview at Peacock Cafe on a Thursday morning in July, just before the luncheon service. So Shahab and Chef Mazia, you came together to the United States as teenagers in 1978, before the fall of Shah. Can you tell us about your journey to the United States and how you discovered cooking as your passion and how you learned to cook such beautiful cuisine? Of course, coming to the United States, uh, it was during the turbulent time of the Islamic Revolution. Uh, we came as teenagers, finished our high school in Virginia and eventually our college in San Francisco. And throughout college, I certainly worked in restaurant business and grew a really passion for good food and good service in my years in San Francisco. Um, and once we decided to start a business together, it made sense to open a restaurant and a food service establishment that we both were familiar with. We had some training in, although it was never really a part of our uh, goal to have a career in restaurant business. But it's sort of um, a decision we made and we're so happy we did it. And once I started cooking, working in restaurants, I realized really cooking is my calling. Even as a teenager, I used to love to put some food together for family and friends after soccer games or whatever. Uh, and it has been a passion of mine and certainly doing it professionally was a calling almost. So the rest is history. Here we are decades later. Maziar, during the years in San Francisco, we all lived together and, uh, you know, all college students and, you know, uh, brothers and young 
young uh, younger kids and um, mm-hmm. he was the one cooking for Thanksgiving and you know putting out the <laughs> main courses so it was in the calling yeah but I'm sure that's a special experience when people talk about what they eat in their college days you know it's ramen noodles or like two-minute noodles and sauce I think if it you know Maziar was at the home your, your meals that you're eating in college are going to be quite impressive in comparison to most experiences it was fun <laughs> And it was quite a transition because when you were studying in San Francisco, it wasn't in culinary school. That's correct, yes. I was working in a restaurant and some of the finest restaurants actually in the city and the country at the time. But like I said, it was never meant to be a career path for me. But as I worked in the restaurant business and I learned more and more about great food and the passion that goes into it, into it, it just grew on me and I decided this is uh, really a right path for me. And that experience wasn't necessarily in Persian cuisine. I've read a lot that you did a lot of research to go into your history and your experiences to bring that to the Peacock Cafe. Your research is correct. <laughs> uh, actually, yes, uh, back then in the 80s and 90s, there were very, very few Persian restaurants per se. And our exposure to Persian cooking was in our home with our wonderful moms cooking our family members cooking, certainly sisters as they uh, grew up in their families and so forth. Uh, but as a chef, you know, we learn to deconstruct different foods and uh, we like to think that we can reinvent it. Uh, so that was my one of my approaches, but I certainly did a lot of research and asking around reading Persian cookbooks. Once we decided to put some Persian food items on our menu, which Initially, certainly for years, started as a contemporary American menu as our training and background was in that, basically. So my own experience, so I am originally from Australia, I moved here for my husband, and even coming from an English-speaking language to another English-speaking country, uh, there's little nuances or you have to redefine how you cook, whether it be a flavor profile, whether it be the name of a vegetable or a meal. Um, and quite one of my favorite stories is I went shopping with my husband one of the early shopping days and had an ingredient list of items to collect. and. He would come up to the car and he's like, what can I get? And I'm like, here's two or three items and I need some mints, being M-I-N-C-E. And he would go and he'd come back, he'd put a few things in and he's like, what's left? I'm like, well, we still need the mints. He'd go and come back and have them like two or three times. And so he finally comes to the end of the list and he's like, what's left? And I'm like, well, we still need the mints. And he goes, I'm sorry. He was frustrated. He goes, what is mints? And I'm like, you know, it's like the beef, the ground up beef. And he's like, yeah, you mean ground beef. And I was just like... So it is <laughs> sometimes the simplest things can exactly. become a challenge. Yes. 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 And so then I guess in terms of having done your research in Persian cuisine and obviously having a contemporary American restaurant, how have you been able to blend kind of your history as well as the community that you're operating and living in? Yes. Uh, great question. Actually, uh, we were already quite an established restaurant when we decided to introduce the Persian food items on the menu. Although we did it gently by introducing Persian and Persian dinner nights, per se, every Tuesday and Wednesday night. So we did it gently and we got such great feedback on it that we decided to incorporate them into our regular dinner menu. And uh, the transition seemed to be seamless to us. And we got such great feedback from uh, Iranians and non-Iranians alike uh, because they like the flavor profiles. And we tried, I certainly tried to put my chefy talents <laughs> to use and sort of create our entrees in a way that it would blend into our regular presentations. So it's, some of the f- Persian foods are modernized version of 
what we traditionally eat at home and my, our moms and grandmas were cooking for us. During Nowruz, for example, Persian New Year, we do 13 days, which is the length of celebration of Nowruz. We do a special menu, three-course prefix menu to uh, Nowruz festivities. So that's when they come and gobble it up. <laughs> and so then, Shahab, what are you seeing as being the favorite items or you know, the items that people come back for from the Peacock Cafe? Oh my goodness, there is just an array of them. It's hard to pick a favorite. It's like picking your, you know, which child <laughs> yes. is your favorite. <laughs> if I was to twist your arm though, what would we be ordering? Okay, um, so one of the highest selling items right now is our uh, regatoni with grilled chicken and fantastic rosé sauce that, uh, mm. again, the, uh, the sauce is what really brings the people back and um, even some of the old time customers that have moved away and come back they're so happy to see it still on the menu and they're like we haven't had the uh, you know being able to find anything like it and um, we do seafood really well again mm -hmm. um, in terms of from um, Maziar ordering and handling the you know the, in the right way and uh, plating it beautifully so it really brings all that to light and um, Again, there's so many of them, Lauren, that it's hard to... <laughs> I understand. Uh, there's certain yeah. secrets that we'll, leave in, we'll <laughs> leave in the kitchen. Our listeners might not be aware, but the U.S. State Department has a program called the Diplomatic Culinary Partnership that embraces and utilizes food, hospitality, and the dining experience as diplomatic tools to engage foreign dignitaries. And in partnership with the James Beard Foundation, the Department of State has created the American Culinary Corps, a network of more than 80 of the United States influential chefs and culinary professionals who participate in programs and events on behalf of the Department of State in the United States and abroad to foster cultural exchange. Uh, Chef, you were part of this amazing group. Can you tell us how that started for you or some of the highlights from that experience? Yes, it was truly an honor. Back in 2013, we received an email from the State Department that we are wondering if you're interested to come participate in this program. I really thought it was a joke. Somebody uh, ha is trying to pull our leg or something. And once I once we replied, and sure enough, they said, now we're going to do your background check and so forth. I'm like, oh my God, it's for real. So uh, I was really so excited to be a part of this program, which speaks to me deeply. And it's about having us chefs to put our talents to use to bring cultures together, introduce different cultures to one another. And through the State Department's efforts, we can either help that with dignitaries visiting in the United States or go abroad and try to spread the cultural sensitivities and awareness to other countries. Mm -hmm. So I was really excited and I managed to participate in a couple of different programs which were so wonderfully uh, enlightening and impressive for me. To be a part of the initial group, it was really a, a tremendous honor. Both in terms of you being able to share your experience and I'm sure the reverse from, because I believe that you've traveled to Italy as part of the program. I got invited to participate in an international competition in Sicily, which was going on for years. It was an annual event that they hold in Northwest corner of Sicily and U.S. for the first time was participating and I got invited to go there. It's called Couscous Fest, which is uh, bringing different cultures who utilize couscous in their cuisine and their cooking to show through their own cultures 
how they utilize this ubiquitous item. So I went in 2013 and it was a lot of work actually. And as I went there from landing in, uh, in Naples, I realized, oh my God, this is way more than just participating in some cooking competition. It was very much of a PR blast through the uh, U.S. Consulate in Naples. Every day there were interviews and participations in different events. So State Department did a really tremendous job of bringing in what U.S. does with immigrants, with immigration, which was certainly certainly the highlight with me being a, a rather successful immigrant immigrant in the United States to highlight what, what I've done and what I've uh, achieved here. Beautiful. And so it sounds even from that experience and the way that you've talked about the restaurant of food today, that food is a universal language. It has the ability to tell so much about not necessarily where you're from, but also where you are. And the Peacock Cafe has over 25 years of having a foothold in Georgetown, in the DC restaurant market, which is a hard market to be in. Have you found that having celebrations and families being in the restaurant is the highlight of the Peacock Cafe? Oh my goodness, yes. That is definitely, again, um, when we started, um, actually back in 91 and uh, 98, we moved to this location. It's been one of our most precious moments. We are serving second, third generations of families now, which is incredible. The, uh, for example, just Georgian students who were going to college back then, now they're enrolling their kids and they're coming back. And then from grandfathers to grandkids and... Um, we've had, um, uh, of course, many birthdays, engagement parties and um, rehearsal dinners and actually uh, two weddings. Yeah, we had two weddings that uh, three weddings, three weddings, my goodness. And uh, which our guests are like, this is one of the best places for us. And we have so many great memories. This is where we want to, you know, have our wedding, which, again, it's a, one of greatest honors that uh, as a restaurateur, through all the work and daily chores, you feel like, wow, you're actually making a difference in their lives. And, uh, you know, people want to share that with you. So, um, yes, we certainly has become more than just a destination, but sort of a community that's been built. And I'm sure that our immigration nerds listeners can hear just the passion and the warmth in your voices that you've told your stories today. What they might not feel as we sit in this restaurant is that it's clean, it's vibrant, it's exciting. And I guess, it, does that kind of tie back to the Peacock name? I've heard individuals say that it's kind of as proud as a peacock to be at the Peacock Cafe. That's exactly right. As proud as Peacock, as colorful as Peacock. So... Uh, we definitely want to strut our stuff here. <laughs> and the restaurant was designed by our oldest sister, actually, who is an architect. Um, and still after all these years, looks fresh and inviting and current, let's say. We're very happy about that. And so the last thing, you know, we've talked a lot about how you've been able to get to this point, the success of the restaurant. You've also done a lot to give back to the community. And so what's next for the Peacock Cafe in terms of continuing to tell your story and also engaging with the community around it? Being part of the community is the utmost important. And through all the um, ebbs and flows of life and ups and downs, tragic and good times, you realize what an important part of people's life you have become. Uh, one was back in tragedy of 9-11. Uh, right a week after that, we felt the people coming looking for a safe haven, looking for comfort and um, 
you know, place that they could see people they know and um, come, you know, communicate with each other. And then even after the recession of 2008-9, it felt the same way. Again, people were, you know, some were hurting, some were not, but then everybody came together. And certainly during COVID pandemic, that was, uh, that was definitely very challenging. But through the work of community and uh, support of the community, we were able to survive and thankfully even thrive um, now um, after this. And besides the community of guests, what's really dear to Mazir and I is the community of our staffing, of our people that are, um, and I'm just again as happy to say, not only we're serving second generation guests, but we're having second generation staff members here, which is, you know, it's just brings another light to what you do and why you do it. And um, uh, some stay with us, some move on. And I always say, you know, I want you to move on and we want you to be successful in whatever you do, but what you take from us here, hopefully 20 years later, you can look back on. So it's a different, it's a community in different sense. And um, in, uh, we have, again, being in restaurant business, you have people from all walks of life, all background and, um, you know, born in US or, you know, have emigrated here with their parents or, you know, just uh, have found it again, the, uh, that guiding light on top of the hill that they want to come and uh, support. And, you know, we're, we're here, we've been there, we've gone through it. Um, it's work, it's dedication, but at the end, again, we, that's one of the most important things for us that we have the staff that really, again, carries that same idea like us and translates it to the guests. But also in terms of, I guess, the leadership as well, you, you're two brothers. Not many people, I think, can attest to working well with their siblings. <laughs> you're two brothers that are leading the charge in this restaurant. And, and I think that partnership is clearly working based on everything that you've told. But it's <laughs> love this guy. Special, there you go. Yeah. It's a special relationship. How could you not love? Oh. <laughs> see, you see how it is? <laughs> we feel we feel and hear the love. We do. Um, well, thank you both so much for joining us on the Immigration Nerds podcast. We hope to continue to keep telling stories through the language of food. And um, we thank you so much for welcoming us into your restaurant. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for choosing us to be your uh, first podcast in the in this topic. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Adam, you also got to join us at the table today. I just Wow, what a feast. It was a remarkable afternoon. I loved how much pride, Lauren, everyone took with what they cook, the way that they serve, and the tastes were beyond compare. And in true fashion for the Peacock Cafe, how welcoming and, like you said, warm and celebratory the food is here. We've been a delivered a feast to the table for ourselves. I think it was one of the most tasty meals that I have ever had in Washington, D.C. And it makes me really excited for the next episode that we'll be able to do together. Definitely. I, I know Shahab couldn't pick a favorite, but I have to say the summer gazpaccio is spot on. The dessert kind of trio, the Peacock Cafe, delivers both in its hospitality as well as for the taste buds. I look forward to exploring more cuisines and more history from other immigrant chefs. 
Thanks to all you nerds out there listening. We appreciate you sharing the show. You can track everything going on at Ericsson Immigration Group on our website, eiglaw.com. And remember, if you believe immigration makes us all better, then this is the podcast for you. Subscribe and meet us right back here for another new episode of Immigration Nerds.